Hey there, and welcome to 36 Weeks. Thirty Six Weeks is a podcast meant to encourage teachers as we work, laugh, and imbibe together and get through the upcoming school year. I'm your host, and this is week four. I'm back. No worries. So it's week four. And I have a lot of really good excuses as to why I didn't have an episode up last week. And primarily, it is because I was dog-tired. I had been handling a bunch of other responsibilities. I'm still juggling some unclear expectations at my own teaching job. And honestly, I needed to take care of myself. I hit a point where I hadn't really had a full night's sleep in about 24 to 48 hours and I was just ragged and couldn't think straight, and I was getting ready to start an upcoming week. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to handle that well, so I prioritized sleep, eating, and trying to take care of myself over this podcast, unfortunately. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and for a while (laughs) I guess means like three or four or five weeks, Um, you know that this is typically the portion where I do my thank yous and shout outs because I'm so far behind. I'm going to have to just kind of give a blanket. Thank you today for all of you who have been just really supportive and sharing on all kinds of different social media and just getting those plays and those downloads. I, I greatly appreciate that. A lot of what I'm trying to do here is to encourage people who work in jobs that are just tough to get through week to week but also specifically with education workers to continue to encourage and remind you that we only get a set number of weeks and that is a big deal. And so um, with what I'm trying to do and just trying to reach and serve as many people as possible, I greatly appreciate those of you who have been sharing and have been commenting and just giving me a bit of a platform to the people that you know. So thank you uh, so much for that. And you know, hey, they can't stop the signal, right? As I stated earlier, the reason I did not put up an episode last week is because I just kind of got overwhelmed. I had too much school stuff going on. I'm teaching something I've never taught before with a group of students and a demographic that I'm brand new to. In addition to that, I have varying levels of responsibilities that I don't know some of those clear expectations. And then I have a lot of other stuff that I like to do. So like, I'm also pursuing some other things in my life I'm doing some volunteer work and trying to be uh, in a discipleship program and then also taking care of my wife, but then also taking care of both of our vehicles is our newest thing, which is going to be very good for our upcoming analogy. So I I had to kind of prioritize the podcast lower than some of these other things because it hit a point where I hadn't slept in about 48 hours and I knew that if I pushed harder, Whereas I might get the box check that I wanted to, I was going to be set up for a really bad Monday, which is ironic because that's kind of the whole purpose of this podcast is to not be set up with bad Mondays, to go in with a clear mind and a clear conscience. So in lieu of that, one of my goals, or I kind of immediately knew that I wanted to talk about self-care 
So if you're in your vehicle, you're in your car, whatever, car, truck, limousine, whatever you drive, the lights on your dashboard, <laughs> I found later in life, uh, you kind of react differently to those, right? Depending on what kind of season of life you're in. For example, if my check engine light comes on, that's kind of a negligible thing for me. Like, it, you know, it pops on, I go, huh, we'll see how long that's around for. And in my car, it pops on for a few weeks, and it's off for a few weeks, and it's on for a few weeks, and I hit a bump, and it goes off. And it's kind of like, a, you know what, I'll probably need, eventually need to get that looked into, but for now, we can make it. Whereas uh, my gas light, when my gas light kicks on, that tells me I know exactly how much further I can go down to the mile before I need to get this fixed, before I need to fill up my gas tank. And I have a lot of lights that come on in between. So for me, if my check oil light comes on, that's an immediate fix. Whereas maybe my wife, her reaction to that's a little bit different. Or if I have my e-brake on and I don't realize it, I'm not going anywhere until I resolve that light, right? The way that we react to some of these urgency notifications of our vehicles are very similar to how we react in our real life. And that, that is what I would call the height of emotional intelligence is knowing what you can take and how much further you can push before you need to resolve some issues. So for some, when my gas is really low, I know that if I don't fill up my gas tank now, that is going to make my life difficult and burdensome in the morning. So I got to fill up my gas tank, got to get this fixed. Now, hopefully we have a longer lifespan than some of the vehicles that we have been known to drive, right? I once had a truck that had almost every single notification light on on the dashboard. But to me, I was prioritizing, you know, food over fixing this vehicle. So we kind of just managed to get through it together. However, if this truck was a person, this person would be in a destroyed emotional state. The windows wouldn't roll down right. The gas was always on or off or on or off. You had issues with the lights. When I turned left and hit the gas pedal, the horn would go. It was a nightmare. And in so many ways, that could be so reflective of how some of us feel when we have not taken the time to self-care. So the height of emotional intelligence is knowing what lights mean what on your dashboard. Um, and, and so what I would, I would push and say that this is not an act of self and self indulgence, it's self preservation, right? Being self aware plus self preservation equals self love. So by knowing what I can and can't handle and then doing things to preserve myself is how I can most adequately love myself. The last kind of thing I'll leave with you is statistic, uh, as I was doing some research and I found some excellent studies that were linked through NPR. Um, if I remember, I'll try to tag it in the show notes here. But for teachers specifically, uh, within the first five years, 30 to 40% of teachers drop out of the education system, which is linked directly as one of the leading contributing factors for what is the worst for student growth is teacher turnover and you're so you're constantly getting brand new teachers who have not been experienced and don't have any a lot I should say of mentorship so teachers who teachers who are 
trying to achieve as much as they can while ignoring their own well-being and not taking care of themselves, telling themselves, I'll just take care of myself at summer, are dropping out at a percent, 30 to 40% every five years of teachers will be gone. That is nearly half of all the teachers you know will be gone within close to the first five to eight years that you're, uh, you're teaching. I found this statistic a little bit alarming as I'm going into my fifth year teaching. So hopefully I can kind of get through that last little hump. But the idea rings true when we come in with these expectations of ourselves and what we perceive as expectations from the education system. And look, I can sit here at the best of them and talk about how most district, state, and local levels of assessments tend to be more punitive than anything else reflective upon the teacher so depending what your school district's like you may or may not have any backing or have any support or sense of accomplishment that's why more and more teachers do drop out but the one of the key things that we can hold on to as educational workers is a sense of self-care for the sake of self-preservation so if you think back to week one where we talked about purpose and so I, I told you remember what your purpose is for doing what you do in the same way that I would ask you to dig deep and remember that when you work hard, I would also ask you to dig deep and remember that when you rest well. And that looks like taking time off for just your own mental health, for your own emotional health. And if you're like me, I'm incredibly extroverted, which means that when I need a break, I have to go get around like-minded people so that I can take a breather and remember what it is to be human. If you're like a lot of other people I know and incredibly introverted, that break might look like getting away from some people for a while and just taking in a quiet weekend to recharge your batteries. Whatever that is, you need to be self-aware of that. So what does that look like for you? Does that look like prioritizing maybe time at the gym? Does that look like every week, no matter what, you do not miss your favorite sport team, sport team playing? Like you, you do not miss those games? Maybe this looks like yoga and meditation. Maybe this looks like one evening a week, you do, your phone goes off. Or maybe for, you know, an hour a day or a couple hours a week, you're just staying on your phone just for the sake of escape. If you are counterbalancing that with doing your job, doing your due diligence, then I think I can get you a long way. Remember to take care of yourself. I have to make my highlight kind of quick this week because I don't want these to go too long, but I just want to highlight counselors. If you are a school counselor, high school counselor, whatever level counselor, uh, I applaud you for your work. My counselor has been clutch this week as she has been helping me get kids that are in on-level classes into pre-AP classes and helping pre-AP students maybe rethink some of the choices that they're making, uh, helping me just talk to students about some of the personal things that they have going on. And even just talk to me about like some of the things that uh, I see kind of in the school culture around me and just someone to talk to about that. Uh, I have had a genuinely good counselor this year so far and she has been absolutely amazing. And so I just wanna give a shout out to and just kind of highlight the role of counselors because I know that a lot of people may just think like, oh, they just talk to kids when they're sad. It's like a 13 reasons why thing. No, like it's, there's so much more to that job than that. They have to set schedules and contact parents. 
They're constantly having to deal with eligibility issues, getting kids ready to go to college. What does SAT prep look like? When do I take these tests? No one's ever explained FAFSA to me. Like those kind of things are what counselors do. So if you know a high school counselor, give them some love because they definitely need it. They have a stressful job and so many legal issues that they have to like work through and around and so many different legal channels they have to work through and around. So uh, much love counselors. Just continue doing the good work. So you know as part of the episode, this is where I give kind of my last moment thoughts and uh, a testimonial from somebody who had a teacher, just, you know, basically all of us. But uh, this one is from Danielle Guerrero. She is from Las Cruces and uh, old friend, friends, friends of friends from long, long ago. Uh, but it was so great to hear kind of her testimony and her uh, piece of encouragement for teachers. And so I would... Just kind of send you off with this and just again, last time, implore you, take care of yourself. You need it. It's how you make it. And uh, for teachers, that looks like taking care of yourself until we kind of get our break. But for everyone else, like that, you're constantly going. I think I feel bad for y'all who don't have scheduled summers. And so take care of yourself because it kind of just keeps coming. And the only way that you're going to make it out is with high emotional intelligence. And I don't know what job you're working and what that quitting rate looks like, but uh, I don't want you to drop out of your career path either. So take care of yourself. Much love. I'll see y'all next week. I really, I'm pretty sure I will. I can't, I I got a grip today. So uh, anyway, much love y'all. Take care. Here's Danielle. My name is Danielle. And the teacher that had the greatest impact on my education was my high school science teacher, Mr. Payne. I have never been somebody that was good at science. I've never been good at math. And the whole idea of science seemed scary and unattainable. I ended up taking multiple classes from Mr. Payne while I was in high school. And my senior year, I took advanced placement biology with him, which is not something that I ever thought possible because the thought of science was so overwhelming. My goal was to get my science credits done as quickly as possible so that I could be done with it and not have to deal with science ever again. My sophomore year of high school, I took anatomy and physiology for Mr. Payne. And it was such an extraordinary class. Not only did it teach the fundamentals about anatomy, but it also really got me interested in physiology, in microbiology, in the processes that happen in the body. I was able to understand things that before seemed so scary and complicated. I think so much of the reason why I was able to be successful in the classes I took from him was because of the way that he taught. He taught us in a very professional yet approachable and respectful way. You could tell that he had respect for the students in his class and that he genuinely loved what he was teaching.